Hey there, I'm Judy Crew, and welcome to another episode of Laugh Long and Prosper. Shelf help with a dash of humor. And of course, it's Friday, which means it's time for Psychic Friday. You know, I believe in exploring all parts of our brain and psyche. It would be arrogant to think we know everything, which is why I checked out a show recently on Netflix called Surviving Death. People who have had near-death experiences or folks who have lost someone close to them uh, and, and then started getting specific, very specific messages from those people. So I just wanted to explore. I put it out to my followers. I said, have you had a near-death experience? Do you believe in life after death? And I've got Richard Vanden Tillert on the phone with me right now. Richard, welcome to the show. Hello, Judy. How are we today? Pretty good. Pretty good. So you've had a near-death experience? I have. Would you like to know about it? Yes. Okay. Now, um, this is a a synthesized near-death experience. Um, I wasn't on a table somewhere floating above my body in surgery, anything like that. Mm -hmm. Uh, This was a voluntary act. Um, I happened to be in Italy working on a documentary and with me on the team was a physicist who had studied um, DMT and um, we... uh, And sorry, that uh, stands for... It's dimethyltryptamine. Okay. And it is... It, yeah, it's 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 a it's a it's an acid of, of forms, not like acid, like sixties party acid kind Darn. of acid. Uh, it's a <laughs> it's <kidding>. a, <laughs> um, it's a naturally occurring um, substance. It's in a lot of uh, plants. It's in like a cork tree bark. It's okay. in uh, ayahuasca or ayahuasca, mm. I believe it's pronounced acacia. It's in mimosa plants. All kinds of plants okay. have it. It's also, um, and this is where my interest in the, the whole subject came is that it's also supposedly secreted by the brain in the pineal gland. Hmm. Uh, now, very small amounts, and it's still being studied. And of course, uh, there is a lot of um, there's a lot more rumor than science behind DMT when it comes to us and the experience. But it is where our dreams come from, okay. and as we go along, we we're starting to learn because there's very little science on this, Judy. This is the weird thing. It's it's been around a long time not a whole lot of paperwork on DMT. Hmm. Uh, But after having a conversation and with my own knowledge of it, I I said, you know, sure, let's go for a walk (laughs) in with with some DMT. So it was a controlled thing. And uh, it's something that you smoke, you inhale a a vapor. And um, I I sat down and I was on a couch and we had a, a laptop playing some music and there was two other people there who had experience with this and um, the drug was administered. I, I inhaled it and immediately, immediately upon the first breath in, um, I can only explain it as my world stopped and it went to black. Uh, not in a scary, uh, panicked way whatsoever, just went to black and I was completely without body without form i was just limbo in space in in like a vo booth that's how quiet it was mm-hmm. <laughs> um it was very quiet and uh immediately after sort of realizing oh boy you know what what have i done here i didn't have any panic i was just actually more amused by the whole thing than anything else believe me judy this whole thing is nothing but comedy the whole <laughs> experience was comedy for me um 
Now, I immediately had a light shine from one side um, and to my, to my right, there was a light and I turned to that light and was immediately within a giant uh, cathedral of sorts and with these shimmering walls and everything. And I remember laughing out loud hmm. at it and I went, oh, come on. I, I, I was sort of uh, comedically taken aback by what I was seeing. So I thought, you got to be kidding. Like, this is real. And I was able to, without walking or moving or using my body, I was able to sort of zoom in and out of things and just observe how I wished. And I remember getting very close to the walls of this building. And they were made up of little tiny, like, pixelated TV sets. And I remember laughing and saying, oh, what? So this is supposed to be some sort of visual metaphor for my life in television. Is that it? Right. And immediately there was a laughter coming from somewhere within this space. And it was a woman's uh, laughter. Mm -hmm. And I was very, you know, I, I remember kind of, oh, what, what is that? And then within a void of light in this cathedral, a hand came out. And again, I'm, I'm laughing at this point. In the experience, I'm actually very aware of what I'm seeing. I'm, I'm, I, I remember laughing again going, oh, come on, a hand, really? <laughs> and then a very, uh, very calming, very, uh, this wonderful voice spoke out and said, well, you don't believe this is real? And I very sarcastically said, no. No, I don't think this is real. I believe that I'm lying in a couch in Italy somewhere and I'm having a drug experience. Now, could this have been the physicist that was, you know, that you were uh, traveling with? Could he have said this or? No, that's just it. They left the room once oh. I had, um, I was under a camera observation and oh, they okay. left the room Got to it. not interfere with, uh, with, with the proceedings. Right. Okay. And at this point too, I was still, I still had what you and I have as cognizant, you know, as, as thought. Mm -hmm. I was still thinking about the experience and kind of wondering, oh, geez, what have I gotten into? Where am I? What is this? But no sense of, of um, I was at complete peace with the experience. And again, it was funny. <laughs> it was it was quite funny. So I'm, I'm having this back and forth with this voice. And, and, and the voice said to me, well, if you don't think this is real, then why don't you just open your eyes? Hmm. Which I did. Okay. And I was lying on a couch looking around the room, there was the laptop playing music. And then the music started to play backwards. And I went back into this cathedral again. And the voice is now laughing at me. Now, were you she scared was, at this point? Or were you just feeling no. like, no, like this is like somebody pulling? No, not, not even a little bit. Not even a little bit. Um, the, the experience is as real as you and I talking now. There was no sense of fear, panic, of um, no, and no sense of self either. I had completely done away with my body at this point. Hmm. Um, uh, and so and the experience was, it was very quick as well, because after that exchange and, and coming back to the room where um, the voice is now laughing at me, she simply said to me, you know, you're not quite ready yet, but We'll see each other again. Hmm. And I came out of the experience. And I had I had to admit, I, uh, I was taken aback and I, I sat there for probably the better part of an hour replaying this in my head, thinking, what, what have I experienced? And I felt fantastic 
Like I felt the best I'd ever felt in my life hmm. after this experience. Wow. And uh, so we immediately sat down and took notes and everything. And I just re replayed everything that I've replayed for you. And um, then I was introduced to some notes from other people. Okay. As to not spoil the experiment, I didn't sure. do a whole lot of reading beforehand. And my experience is so parallel to so many others. And there's, you know, and all the hallmarks of, you know, the Hollywood, you know, death sequence, you know, where, you know, uh, you're floating, there's a light, mm -hmm. there's gates or a cathedral in my case, a voice, a hand extending through a void of light mm -hmm. and the feeling of no body, complete peace. And, you know, uh, uh, all of it feeling, uh, for lack of a better word, natural. Right. And for years afterwards, Judy, years afterwards, I did not share my experience with anybody. Hmm. Why not? I probably, I, well, I spent the better part of two years trying to decipher what had just happened because I realized I, I felt for a long time that I had just cheated and that I had indeed, I had stepped across the void and I, I got a sneak peek. I, I looked behind the curtain of life and, and got a sneak peek at uh, the lobby of what is next nice. um, get this so in. and uh i i really did feel that i no one would be receptive to the story and nobody would they'd be like oh so you went to italy and did some drugs while working on a film right well that's new <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh that never happens uh, so i i didn't speak of it to anybody and then um and then my mom passed hmm. And then I decided this was probably a good time because there was a lot of um, there was a lot of, uh, of hearts and minds surrounding me that looking for answers as death does uh, to us. And um, the story came out and it became a source of comfort for uh, uh, my family to hear this. Sure and to sort of maybe think well then maybe this isn't so bad you know maybe it's just like you know it's like what lennon said you, you you're gonna get out of one cabin into another mm -hmm. uh, and it'll be a, a whole new experience and um uh i too took a lot of comfort from it after you know allowing the story to come out and being able to share it with people and like i am with you and have discussions about it and not feel like okay i just I'm, I'm embarrassed, something right. artificial and and obviously influenced by a toxin of some sort had forced me into a place where I was merely replaying the Hollywood version of death, you know? Well, it's interesting because they are, um, it was just on 60 Minutes actually, again, a couple of months ago, talking about how they're using, um, uh, they're using chemicals, they're using quote unquote acid trips for people who are suffering from uh, suffering from depression, and yes. that whole sense of losing uh, again a controlled environment, but losing that whole sense of ego, and once you take the ego out, the death of, it, of ego, yeah, right? the death, of, the ego. death of ego. Yeah. Yeah, it's and there's a phrase that I'll bet you a lot of people are now, you know, frantically googling uh, as they hear it, um, <laughs> and it is directly tied to this um, experience where they are starting to document. And yes, um, I worked on a few documentaries regarding PTSD and soldiers, uh, Canadian soldiers that had been uh, deployed to Afghanistan and came back, uh, for lack of a better word, broken. Sure. 
And uh, we had many discussions and dove deep into the, the psyche of depression and to um, into what they experienced. And yet DMT is now on the table uh, as a resource sure. instead of a sort of cloudy, mystical, something that the Mayans took. Mm -hmm. <laughs> right. know, now it's sort of coming out of that mysterious place. Now, you know, I'm, I, I, we're still so far away from understanding what this drug can truly do for people, but we are starting to approach it with that sense of, well, maybe there is purpose. Maybe there's something good here mm -hmm. uh, that can that can help people out. Because, um, you know, as a, as a treatment for depression, I can tell you one thing. Uh, I, I don't know if I was clinically depressed at the time that I took it. Mm. But what I can tell you is that and you have to picture the visual of my hand uh, saying that I was here and then after the experience i was way up here mm. i was um i was definitely a different person afterwards um i had lost of course a, a fear of death yeah no not to the point where i was going bungee jumping uh, with questionable you are a mountain bands. climber though right you uh, uh sort you of stuff on of your... sorts um, of sorts i've never done anything i've never done anything silly i've never summited everest but i've certainly mm. uh played about on some other things uh i but i've done i've done a lot of stuff that you might uh consider as well you're you know maybe you're just trying to kill yourself professionally uh <laughs> you know i did a lot i've done a lot of you know aerial ph uh, photography work at very high speeds low altitude kind of things right. and i've i've put myself in situations that would be definitely uh unsafe well, um, I, 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 you'd be probably interested to know that a number of, uh, because there was a mountain climber on a documentary recently talking about a really bad fall that he had, and he thought that was it for him. As, as he was falling, he suddenly felt this great sense of relief and release and he was ready to cross over he but he hit the ground broke a bunch of bones survived but he spoke to he found a group of other climbers who told very very similar stories they thought that was it they thought it was curtains for them and they all sort of sort of saw that light but it wasn't um it wasn't anything scary it was just no. um this really great sense of of peace which brings me to the first story in surviving death that you're really going to enjoy but i'd like to share it with uh with the listeners for two seconds because it is phenomenal a woman who was uh who is a surgeon she was on a kayak trip with some friends and she got flipped over and pinned under a rock for something like 30 minutes and the very common story where her body floated away and she looked down on her body she was with other doctors they tried to resuscitate her for a couple of minutes she was actually clinically dead and then she uh went into this wherever it was this beautiful space she said it was like being with relatives like maybe a great grandparent that passed before you got a chance to meet them so she felt like she knew all these people who were standing around her but she didn't she hadn't met them in her lifetime and it was a really beautiful wonderful place she wanted to stay there but they told her in that moment that she had to go back because she had four children and in fact they told her that one of her children was going to pass when he was 18 years old and she needed to go back for him and anyway in that moment wow. she opened her eyes 
she came back i forget where it was that they were uh kayaking but it was some remote remote area and she said magically as they um basically carried her on a kayak because she had a bunch of broken bones as well uh they carried her on this kayak out this path they're like okay how are we going to get to her hospital all of a sudden this this ambulance was there parked in the middle of the road she got to the hospital no brain damage went on to have this brilliant career in uh, in spinal surgery and then at 18 years old she said to her son look i know this is going to sound strange but this is what happened to me when i left my body for 30 minutes this is what i was told and anyway i'll i'll leave it at at the at that moment <laughs> you, you can't watch, do that you watch the document will you like me to I had my spine all tingling for the, <laughs> what happened when he turned 18. Oh, now we're hanging. Yeah, back. so I'll leave it at that. But the show really gives you a neat perspective. It's not scary. Uh, I have had uh, I have had a near death experience where, um, you know, I was in Los Angeles. I was on the 405, and literally, it's you know, 10 lanes of traffic going 120 miles per hour and i saw this suv dancing in and out of traffic i i'm like that does not look good so i tried to get over to the right with everybody else i was driving a small car at the time and just then i don't know how this car ended up in front of me he cut right in front of me clipped my uh clip my car and at that point I just closed my eyes and they say it's true your life does flash before your eyes I basically closed my eyes my car spun around uh did a 360 and I waited for the impact everybody was just driving on top of everybody else because that's just the way LA traffic is all of the time and I closed my eyes and I just braced myself for the impact getting hit from behind and nothing happened and i opened my eyes and it's i felt as if something somewhere was holding back these lanes of traffic everybody had stopped and up to that point we were driving like i said like this outrageous speed everybody on top of everybody else and it gave me the time to uh it gave me the time the car actually started i was able to limp over to the side of the road four guys got out of this suv they said oh my god we thought you were dead um, we're so sorry. How can we help you? Blah, blah, blah. But they, they couldn't believe that all traffic had stopped, but it was more not, it was more the feeling of something had, it felt like something had intervened. You know what I mean? Like that just was not, uh -huh. it was not your time, Judy. You had many, uh, you had many a podcast to do. <laughs> many jokes to tell. <laughs> <laughs> but it's the, it's the, it's the, it's the common thread in all of these stories. And, you know, um, I did struggle, like I said, for a long time with, oh, I just lived a stereotype that it wasn't real. And, you know, I, uh, even if it was a drug, I tried to convince myself that, well, you know, I had heard stories that the brain gets flooded with DMT right at the moment of death mm. to make transitioning uh, more palatable. And, um, you know, maybe there's some truth to that. I mean, maybe, you know, because death would be scary at that moment. Sure. You know, I don't know how that would necessarily apply if you, I don't know, explode in an outhouse. There's no time uh, for your <laughs> brain to get flooded with anything. Um, but I, I'll tell you, I'll, I'll share another DMT experience. It's not of my own, but I was part of a group of people that were observing others having the experience. Because sometimes there's external, um, you know, um, flailings and, and things are, are said 
during the experience for some people. Apparently, I just sat there quite quietly and enjoyed myself. Um, but I observed someone else having a very deep experience. I took a very small amount because it was my first time. This person had done it a couple of times and had a heavier dose. And I watched this man have a very a wild experience. It was incredibly enjoyable to watch uh, because he was having a great time wherever he was. And towards the end of his experience, he was laughing. And it's that that deep, you know that person is laughing from well within, mm-hmm. you know, the, the, the absolute joy. And even though his eyes are closed, there's tears in, in his eyes. And then he transitioned into actual, like he was he was sobbing, but in, in joy, he, he was sobbing with, with joy. And then um, he was saying in Italian, no, goodbye, my friend by my friend and he came out of his experience and he came up and I can't remember the gentleman's uh, name but he he asked he said where is where where is Daniel you know where 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 is he and you know we had to tell him said well there is no Daniel here and then he he realized where he was I guess he was maybe slightly foggy coming out of his experience but he and then he realized and then he began to cry and once he calmed down, we said, okay, so tell us what happened. He said at one point in his journey, he was sitting at a little coffee table, like you would find in Italy, anywhere, a little tiny table, and they were having coffee together. Hmm. And he was with a friend that had passed. And they were sharing jokes and having a wonderful time floating in space, he said. It was out of a cartoon. We were just at this little tea t- at this little table, mm-hmm. having an espresso, and we were floating through space. And he relayed the conversation to him, and it's the most fascinating part. He says, he says, Daniel, or whatever his name was, he says, Daniel, what, tell me, what's it like? And his friend said just, oh, no, 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 no. I can't tell you that. Right. I can't tell you that. You'll have to wait. And now it's time for you to go. And that's when he came back to us. And again, it's one of those things where you go, oh, no, it didn't. No, he didn't say that. He didn't talk to a dead friend. Come on. It's really hard for us on, on this side to believe and be, even begin to understand those things. And we're not supposed to. No. But, you know, having done it myself, having watched others and talked with others going through it, I'm a very firm believer that what we're seeing is the beginning of a multi-level experience that happens after here. And this is just sort of the introduction that you get used to body, mind, and soul interacting with people. You get used to the concept of love, hate. Um, you 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 develop senses, and then you package all that stuff up, and you bring it to the next classroom, right? Where we're going to crack that open, and we're going to tell you what that means, and then you're going to learn more, and you go on and go on. And if you read about the DMT experience uh, with people who have done it repeatedly, it is very much so this classroom kind of thing levels of learning and um uh the absence of body and of course the death of ego which is you know boy if i'm gonna get a tattoo i think that'll be (laughs) what it (laughs) says uh because uh, it's it's such an intriguing line and boy how good a species would we be if we could all do that now 
Well, and as you said, we really can't explain it. Um, you know, I think just being open to it because there was a couple that had lost a little lost a little boy and it was just so hard for them to uh, accept that. And they were both scientists and the, the, the mother said, at the very, very least of this, I can accept that this is, this is energy, you know? And when you think about it, love, hate, those are all we're, they're just different forms of energy so we just change the the holder for the energy you know but um there was another story a couple who had lost their teenage son and the father was was grieving and he turned to journaling and he was writing and suddenly the son he felt like it was the son who was writing and at one point he said okay i want to make sure i'm not going you know off my rocker here if you are really speaking to me tell me something that i wouldn't know um that you would know that i wouldn't know and he wrote the words i am red and he went okay that's really different i have no idea where that came from and lo and behold a week later a package arrived to the house they opened it up and it came from a person who was uh knew that they were grieving that they had lost their son and she gave them a painting of a red uh almost like a red man outlined in the painting and red signifies someone who has passed on too soon before their time and now they have that painting hanging up in their living room. So, you know, story after story like that just- It's so, you know, Judy, it's so campfire, right? And, right. Um, and we, we really, I, I think we're kind of tuned to be skeptical, but I'll, sure. I'll tell you an interesting little bit of the science behind DMT and mm -hmm. us. Um, while they're still exploring this and they are still, um, you know, diving into the potential, one thing that, um, um, the uh, my physicist friend in Italy taught me about DMT is that he knows for certain the body produces it hmm. and if it's introduced into the bloodstream definitely it creates a uh, psychedelic um, a, an event for us hmm. but the human body is designed to shut it down immediately and the experiences don't last very long at all my whole experience probably I was quote-unquote out for maybe six minutes, hmm. but, but it felt like half an hour had gone by or more. And people often report that as well, that they're there for quite some time. But the experience in the brain gets shut down almost immediately. Uh, the body sends all its resources to shut down this experience and bring you back. So I, I kind of think we're not supposed to know well, and that we're supposed this. to be skeptical. Do you think that it's just a reaction then in the brain? Or do you think that there is something afterwards? Do you think that there is life afterwards? Um, it, whatever form that may be. Wow, we are, we are, we are definitely in the smoking hut uh, together here, Judy, that the big questions are coming out. <laughs> but, but it's true. Um, and I have been asked that, you know, do you now believe in the other side? Mm. And, and, and absolutely. Um, it, it may not be the Hollywood version, it may not be what you paint for yourself, um, as what it could be. Um, we all get to find out of course <laughs> and maybe that's the point of finding out too early um like i said i felt that i had cheated mm -hmm. and that i had been given the grace of an experience that i really wasn't supposed to and 
it cracks open a whole bunch more question marks along the way. I mean, I used to be quite skeptical of uh, religion and its very concept. I am not a religious person, but I began to understand why it w works and why people seek it out and why people seek guidance mm -hmm. in that sense. Um, and it taught me a lot about fear and it taught me about all kinds of aspects of being human. And yeah, I realized that um, we, uh, if you look at the experiences dating way back to when we first started writing things down, okay, I mentioned Mayans earlier. Um, yeah, they, they dabbled and they had these great vision quests. Um, they came back with all kinds of knowledge. And I can only imagine in a less educated time, people stumbling across these experiences. And yeah, you would say things like, I spoke to God. Mm -hmm. or I got to see heaven, you know, or I spoke to the gods, whichever gods you happen to have in your Rolodex. Um, <laughs> and um, it's, it, I, I, I'm no longer skeptical of, of the idea that we go from this plane to another. It actually makes more sense. If you look at, because we're, we're made of meat and we're essentially a bug and our mm -hmm. existence here and our really strange brain being run at only 4% capacity, you have to wonder, well, hang on a second. There's a bit of a, there's something not right here. And now it makes more sense to me that, yeah, we're just supposed to pack it in with knowledge, follow shiny objects, have experiences, and, you know, by all means, have a good laugh. Uh, Definitely. Because, uh, have Definitely. a good laugh. Have a good laugh. Because it's all important stuff that, helps our education when we move on from here hey, and you were telling seem... me you were telling me off air sorry to interrupt you but i wanted you yeah. to talk about it you read a book called life after life what's that all about it was one of the first books to ever come out um about studying afterlife and no one had really done it I mean, you did have to think up until a certain time, it would have been considered somewhat of a sin, I guess, to, you know, sure. study this kind of a thing. But of course, after a while, I think it was in the 70s that this book came out. And it was, you know, the, I think 50 patients were assembled. Uh, their, their, their stories were gathered um, by this guy, Raymond, somebody, I wish I could remember what it was. And this was the first time that some serious documentation of the life after death experience that ever happened in the 70s hmm. you know um this was the first time that people sat down and said well hang on what what is what is this you know maybe we should look into it the discovery of dmt in the brain um all all these things so this was the first time it happened and now um there, there's more study but we are woefully behind on on studying uh, the various aspects of what these drugs might might be able to open up for us and put minds at ease now i don't know if a whole planet of people that are okay with dying tomorrow is a good thing right <laughs> <laughs> well i think the point of it is you're not supposed to go before your time like you're not supposed to you even said you felt like you cheated it a little bit right i did i i had i had an affair with death yeah <laughs> Right, so, and I think um, there, there, and as I said in my near-death experience, I knew that it wasn't my time. Something was saying yeah. it's not your time to go. Right, um, but that's it's it's personal for everybody. But it's uh, uh, a book that I read that I thought was really cool. It was on the um, was number one of a New York Times bestseller list for 
quite a while was proof of heaven a neurosurgeon's journey into the afterlife uh, very skeptical neurosurgeon uh, even Alexander who said there's nothing after once it shuts down we're that's it and he went into a coma for weeks and had this amazing journey and things were answered within that coma that he wouldn't have had access to that information when he came back his perspective completely changed as you said heaven the you know whatever that is to to it's individual for everybody of course but it was just another cool book about the topic of life after life you know surviving death and uh, we're just starting to scrape the surface. It's nice to see something like Netflix taking the uh, taking the chance on something that, as you said, it, you know, even 20 years ago, it was taboo to talk about something like this. People will be like, "Yeah, you know, you're smoking something, you're you're high," but uh, you know, we're just yeah. I mean, okay, well, I, you were, it, but <laughs> well, this is the thing. It's it, it's hard to go out and have a TED talk after you smoke something and say, "Oh, hey, I had a really cool experience." And, you know, all the hands go, "Yeah, so did I." <laughs> <laughs> You know, um, and we hear about these, you know, Ayahuasca uh, tents out in California. And, mm. you know, I think it still conjures up images of rubbing beads and burning sage and mm -hmm. mantras and yoga and freaky people out in the desert, you know, eating strange cactus and having vision quests. I, there's so much stigma and, mm. and not a lot of science. Um, but none of that matters after it happens to you and right. i'll tell you judy i don't know if i can honestly say that i would want to participate in the life i would have had if i didn't do it hmm. because it's different now um i know something i learned something interesting and i think i learned the value of hanging around a little while right and not cashing in you know, um, my, 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 uh, the way I'm built, I think I'm probably somebody that would have been very, uh, very much in the position of, of choosing an easy option if things mm -hmm. got too hard back then. Sure. And, um, you know, we're all susceptible to that, but now I can, you know, and now it doesn't, no, it doesn't cross the mind because I go, no, 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 no. There's, there's a journey to be had here. And I gotta, I gotta pack my noggin as full of as many shiny objects as I can before I go. Cause, um, I want to be top of the class when I graduate. <laughs> well, you know, and it's interesting that we're having this conversation. I, the last thing I will say is you and I met through a group of friends, um, a, a friend of ours, Punch Andrews from the mix passed away at a very young age uh, punched passed from from uh cancer unfortunately and just taken out way too soon great great uh announcer on the mix and we just love him to death oh that's his <laughs> yo you got one of his signs i love it on air that's, channel that's 10. his um he uh this is from when yeah we worked at a cable station together and that's that's Chris's uh, well I call it Chris's on-air sign uh, because we didn't have one it's actually an exit sign that we used black tape and wrote on air because <laughs> Chris wanted one oh so. <laughs> that's great so you've got a sign in your studio I love that yeah, I love it, that. Is, it is it is always lit when I speak to people so oh. um, 
maybe no, maybe Chris, uh, maybe Punch is looking down on us right now as we're having from this within conversation. A, from within a bright light, I hope. I love know? that. I love and that. And yes, that is how that is how you and I connected many moons yeah. ago. It was through that and you know, and the questions that come from it. Mm-hmm. You know, when people pass, we fantasize that and I just recently lost uh, my brother-in-law and in the conversations mm-hmm. with my sister. Sorry to hear that. Uh, she was asking all the, you know, if you want to talk about stereotypical questions about death, she was asking them. And funny enough, you know, I, I have briefly sort of touched upon this story with her in the past. I didn't bring it up again recently because uh, I wanted her to have her healing process, but I'm, I'm going to sit down and share this with her because some of the common things that come out when, when someone passes, you, you worry, are they okay? Mm-hmm. Were they scared? Um, you know, do, where did they go? Are they okay where they are? And all those, those kinds of things. And, you know, as your experience taught you and mine and others is that you know were you scared no no not in the not in the least if if i could describe it as anything i was in the most peaceful place i had ever been absolute peace if there is such a thing um and um yeah the 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 death of ego definitely um was was a, a powerful thing that helps me now when being here and it helps me to deal with um problems and things but now almost i feel like i'm some sort of freaky counselor yeah <laughs> to those who are asking some of those questions you know i'm not an expert but i play one on podcasts <laughs> <laughs> well we will end it there but we will continue yes. this conversation definitely another day um you know i love doing psychic fridays i've been doing it for years and you know chatting with mediums and psychics from from all over the world. And uh, like I said, to finally see a show like Surviving Death on Netflix and to have a slightly different take on it uh, with my friend, Richard uh, Vandentuller. (laughs) What did you say your your email is again? Because we always screw up your last name. (laughs) Um, My my email is Richard Watt. Yes. Uh, And... um, it's funny too because rather than spell my name and everyone get it wrong i say richard watt and they automatically assume uh watt w-a-t-t so i gotta (laughs) explain myself anyway but richard (laughs) thank you so much for joining me i uh you know it's it's great to uh reconnect and um folks if you want to tune into another episode of laugh long and prosper a psychic fridays all you have to do is check me out, Judy Croon. Either you can go to my website, judycroon.com, or you can uh, check me out on Spotify or SoundCloud. On behalf of uh, Laugh Long and Prosper and Psychic Friday, Richard, thanks again. Thank you, Judy Croon. Sorry, I had to give you an FM out. Ah, that's awesome. <laughs> You're listening to the voice of Judy Croon. <laughs>